Hey, so I imagine you're listening to this podcast because you're an artist yourself and you want some insider tips, insights, and general advice from artists you respect. One aspect of the business we sometimes discuss on Best Advice is rollout strategies. When you're dropping new music, you want to give it the best chance of getting heard. It's all about reaching the right listeners at the right time. That's why our team at Spotify for Artists built Marquee. Marquee is a marketing tool for turning listeners into bigger fans of your new music. With Marquee, you can send full screen recommendations of your latest album, EP, or single to the right fans as soon as they open the app. Listeners who see your Marquee are twice as likely to save your tracks, making it a better way to develop your audience than trying to drive streams from social media. To find out more, go to artists.spotify.com slash marquee. Guinness World Records approves 6,000 records annually. Year after year, the fastest crossing of America on foot has not been among them. In fact, the record has just sat there since 1980, taunting long-distance runners. The coast-to-coast run, from ocean to ocean, in record-breaking time. The ultimate test of performance for a man and his shoes. One man Frank Giannino was 28 when he ran from San Francisco to New York City. And he did it in 46 days, 8 hours, and 36 minutes. Frank is 64 years old now, and still the record holder. The run began in the shadow of San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge on Labor Day morning at 8 o'clock California time. Since 1980, 114 men and 20 women have applied to Guinness with the intent to break Frank's record. Lonely deserts, its crested mountains, all have failed. I called up Frank recently to ask him about his own record, what it was about that accomplishment in 1980 that remains so hard for great runners to replicate. Hello. Hi, Frank. This is Rachel Swaby from Runner's World. How are you? Hey, what's up, Rachel? Frank, he lives in Middletown, New York, and today he owns a running shoe store called Frank's Custom Shoe Fitting. You know, I know people get in contact with you before they go across the United States, and I was hoping you can tell me a little bit about what you tell them. What I, what I tell them is uh, it all comes down to a solid daily, almost military routine. Also, the, the run is not the hard part. The support team is. Uh, your team has to be very sturdy. They have to really know what they're doing. And they have to get along with each other. And weeks on end, uh, even the uh, most amenable personalities start to crack uh, as far as relations and getting along with one another. For some potential challengers, such abysmal stats would quash any attempt before any plans were laid. But there's another variety of runner. The one who sees a nearly impossible feat of mental and physical endurance and believes, yeah, yeah that they have the strength inside of them to do something extraordinary where so many others have come up short. Adam Kimball from Manuka, Illinois. Adam is that second kind of runner. I'm Rachel Swaby, and this is Human Race, a podcast from Runner's World. Today on Human Race, we go out on the road with Adam Kimball as he attempts to break the cross-country speed record. Adam set out on February 15th on the West Coast with the goal of arriving on the East Coast 45 days later. He agreed to record voice memos for Human Race while he was on the run. 
This is the story of Adam's audacious attempt to reset a 36-year-old record. Well, I just finished day one. It was about 50, a little over 55 miles. Uh, you know, I don't listen to music when I run. I'm going to make an exception for for this because of the length of time we're out here. But uh, even though I don't listen to music, I still had the song Bernadette by the Four Tops in my head on loop the entire day. And I know like half the words to that song, so it was mostly just me saying Bernadette in my head. He set off from Huntington Beach, California in the morning. It was dark when he set off, the temperature in the low 50s, and he was able to log 55.6 miles. It's not quite as much as he had to do every day, but it's a really good start. The, uh, the support was incredible, and I felt like Forrest Gump at times. Uh, I think we had at one point six to eight people running next to or behind me, and uh, that was pretty awesome. Adam is lean with a bushy brown beard and shoulder-length hair, often secured with a bandana. His facial hair never gets quite as rapunzel as Forrest Gump's does, but it is more voluminous. After day one, he didn't sound like he'd just run a marathon, let alone more than two. But then, day two. So today was a little bit crazy at times. A really challenging day. Early on in the day, I had some, some, what we believe was tendonitis in the back of my left knee, which is something I hadn't had before, and it was incredibly painful. Um, and so for the majority of the day, I would I'd fight through the pain, and then fortunately, my, my leg loosened up a little bit toward the end of the day, and I got in some good miles in the last couple of hours. But uh, we fell a little bit short of the overall goal today, but I think it was a big win mentally. Um, like I said, I was in some serious pain earlier and, and not, in a, not in a good frame of mind, but uh, the team held me together and, and we're feeling pretty good now heading into day three. So I'm at about mile 16 on day four, walking through uh, close to Joshua Tree National Park. And man, I'm in a lot of pain. Uh, you know, I, I, I anticipated just, you know, absurd, immense amounts of pain to take place here, but it's, I've been caught off guard by the type of pain I've been experiencing. It's stuff that I'm not normally used to. So uh, we're still heading into today. We've still been averaging over 50 miles a day uh, for the first three days, which is great. So just hoping to, to keep it somewhat close to that, hopefully get a really good night of recovery and uh, feel like a new man tomorrow. Another important note here. Adam knew that Frank's family served as his crew on the road, and Adam mirrored that tight-knit support. His wife, Karen, and a few of his friends served as his crew on the journey. Yesterday was an incredible day because my great friend and uh, fellow ultra runner, Kyle McCoy surprised me and flew down to Phoenix and then drove out to meet us on the course. Uh, I was in the most pain I had experienced throughout the entire first week. Was not feeling good at all. It was going to be a really rough day. And then Kyle totally lifted up my spirits and, and helped me get in uh, over 40 miles, which 
for how I was feeling yesterday and the fact that I wasn't running at all was pretty huge. So. So here we are, <clears throat> I'm uh, about 26 miles into day eight, and yesterday I had excruciating, I'd say 10 out of 10 pain in my shin. I thought maybe I had a stress fracture, uh, maybe shin splints, didn't know what it was, but couldn't hardly walk. So we ground out uh, 30 miles yesterday and then spent the rest of the day with a close friend of mine, Dr. Nelson, who uh, came in, tried to flush out my system and, and worked on me for, for a couple of hours. And now today, I, I have, I've been walking all day still, really optimistic about the days moving forward. So it's a little after 8 a.m. on day 13. We took three days break uh, with the severe swelling and inflammation that I had in my uh, in my shin and IT band, but... When he gets started again, Adam has to run 76.5 miles every day to make up for the low mileage and his time off. So here's the thing about running across the country. It's kind of like playing a game of Jenga. When all the blocks are in place, the structure is the strongest. Yank out one block, however, and the structure can still stand, but it's a little less sturdy. To keep going with that Jenga analogy, one block being pulled. 30 miles yesterday. Becomes two we blocks. Took three days break. Becomes three blocks, becomes 10. Toenail update. Had the MRI earlier Inflammation today. and swelling. And then all of a sudden, the structure of his effort becomes increasingly unstable. But Adam still has long days ahead, so he tries not to think too much about it. Here's a quick toenail update thus far. We're on day 18 and I've lost two toenails so far. Although in fairness, my toenails are pretty much always pretty messed up from all the ultra running that I do. So usually at any time I've got at least six of my 10 toes, either uh, toenails, excuse me, either, either dead or close to dead. So. In their time off the road, Adam and his crew make lip sync videos and post them to Instagram and Facebook. As hard as this journey is, Adam seems, at least from the outside, to be having fun. Also, from inside his journey, Adam is learning some new things about himself. I'm just about to finish the 29th mile on day 19. I'm walking with my wife, Karen, right now, and I saw a Dairy Queen sign yesterday by myself. Thought to myself that it'd be the, maybe the greatest thing ever to have something from Dairy Queen. And uh, today I found out there's another Dairy Queen coming up in Deming, New Mexico, which is where we're headed. So I think I'm gonna feed the need and uh, dip into something that I normally really don't like to eat. However, he's still plagued by injuries. It's mid-morning almost. 10 o'clock on day 23. I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty fatigued right now. Unfortunately, my sleep has been pretty messed up lately. Uh, I've had a lot of pain at night in the legs and it's been keeping me up. So I'll, I'll usually fall asleep pretty quick and then wake up about every hour. So I haven't really strung together more than two consecutive hours of sleep 
in the last uh, week to 10 days or so. So it's pretty windy out here today, but I'm going to record this memo and hope that we can hear it just fine anyway. But earlier this morning, probably about five o'clock before the sunrise, in the now 25th day of our journey, police officer who had pulled over on the side of the road and he rolled down his window and then he went on to explain to us that earlier in the wee wee hours of the morning, some prisoners were getting transported from one city to another and apparently at one of the stops along the way, two of them were able to pop out the back window of whatever vehicle they were in and escape. He explained to us that one of them was in prison for murder and the other one was in prison for armed robbery, so. Later in the day, Adam heard from another police officer who said the convicts were still on the loose. He never did run into the escapees. So it's 7.15 p.m. on day 29. Got a few updates here. One had the MRI earlier today, so today's been a a low mileage day because that took up uh, a total of five to six hours-ish between the tests and we had to drive 45 minutes to an hour each way to get to the, the place where I took the MRI or had the MRI. And uh, the results came back really good. I had some inflammation and swelling, but no, no stress fracture, no uh, deeper issues, and in all likelihood, nothing that's going to cause any permanent damage, which is really great. Because of the pain and the time it took to get the MRI, Adam only logged 24.7 miles on day 29. Breaking the record was all but impossible by this point. The daily mileage required was too high, and his pain didn't seem to be going anywhere. Even so, he resolved not to quit, which meant the finish line and the days he still needed to run to get there would take longer to get to than he'd hoped. March 17th, happy St. Patrick's Day. It is the afternoon, day 32. Happy Easter. It's the morning of day 42, Easter Sunday. Hi. Hi, doggy. <laughs> Just got visited by a dog coming out into the road, running circles around me. Hi, hi, hi. It's okay, it's okay. Um, sorry, an excited puppy. Hey, hey. All right, well this puppy's just gonna run circles around me, I think. Welcome to day 45. It's an interesting day because according to our original plan, had we stayed on track and broken the record, Day 45 involved us entering New York City in Times Square and uh, having an awesome celebration there. But instead we find ourselves uh, about to enter Vicksburg, Mississippi. So a little different than what we had planned, but exactly where we're supposed to be nonetheless. And uh, I wanted to discuss my, my newest hobby out here on the <coughs> roads of America and that is collecting license plates. I found a Louisiana license plate, baby. Yeah. Oh man. Wow, just in the nick of time, we got one. 
On day 47 of Adam's journey this year, two days after he should have finished, he left a voice memo about what he's looking forward to in the future. I'm recording this specific voice memo at the request of my wife. So basically, we were talking yesterday and I, I told her I'm looking forward to a lot of things once this journey is finished. And uh, she asked me what? And <laughs> I, my response was kind of everything. Just hanging out at home, doing dishes, uh, sitting on the couch, going to a movie, going for a run when I'm not in pain, drinking a coffee and being able to, to sip on the coffee and enjoy it. Maybe sip on the coffee while reading a book. People, I, I think I will be the happiest person on the planet the moment that I finish because it's going to be a really freeing feeling. Finally, finally, Adam reaches his last day. We find ourselves on the final day, day 60. We covered, uh, we covered the 70 miles, we got 71 miles in the last day, which is just awesome. And now with about 15 miles to go, we're closing in on the last two pit stops that we have at aid stations. And uh, man, this is, <laughs> this is crazy. It's all starting to, to, uh, to really set in. I've, oh, I, I can't even explain how incredibly grateful I feel that we're about to, to, to close this out. It seems just unfathomable that we find ourselves here, even though it's, you know, two weeks longer than, than we had initially shot for when we were hoping to break the, the Guinness World Record. But, I mean, this journey has been about the community that we formed and the support that we've seen from people all across America. Just to be here right now, so close to finishing, um, I can't even put into words the emotions that I'm feeling and that the crew is feeling. And uh, it's going to be, uh, this is going to be something that we're, we're never going to forget for the rest of our lives. 60 days after he started, Adam reaches the East Coast on April 14th. His record-breaking journey may have collapsed, but he still did something that most of us consider unimaginable. He ran through deserts and next to farms, across roadkill and maybe convicts. He met new friends and was offered many, many rides. He declined. Since Adam completed his journey, two other runners have attempted the record. Both failed. They both had to stop early to deal with medical issues. So the Guinness World Record? It's still up for the taking. Frank Giannino, the record holder. When I called him, he was happy to elaborate on precisely what it takes to keep that daily routine. Alrighty. Frank woke up at 3 a.m. every morning on his trip across the U.S. He was on the road by 4 a.m. He'd run 25 miles, take an hour break, and in that break he'd eat, get a massage from a crew member, power nap, and then run another 25 miles. And then he'd repeat, so eat, power nap, massage, and then finish the day off to average 64 plus miles. Rachel. All I can say is it's a lot of work. If you start running through the night, if you don't have that daily routine or you alter it, it's, it's, you're just going to blow up out there. This daily routine, it's also the foil for many an ultra runner. Because ultra runners, they're used to powering through. Right, because you can't, it's not like you can recover on one day that you blow it yeah. by, by running too many miles or running through the night or not sleeping, right? Like, you just have to keep going. There's a, a there are hundreds, even thousands of very, very good ultra marathoners out there now. People are 
uh, Trump is it, I think, to, to do more and more extreme stuff than ever in history. Um, I just know that they're, they're going to have a tough time, you know. And this is how the Jenga blocks fall. Right, right, right. Not dealing with injuries means missed miles, means pushing yourself too hard, means lack of sleep and more injuries, leads to more missed miles and a failed record. But for Frank, he did employ a couple of special tricks that kept him going. Remember that shoe store Frank owns now? Well, he started getting interested in how your shoes and modifications to them could help with injuries even then. Whenever I had something show up, I, I, I sat down, I took the time, and I played with my uh, footwear and gear. So before his injuries got out of hand, he'd DIY engineer his own inserts to relieve the problem, which helped keep him from taking time off and then have to try to make up the difference later. Frank's recipe, it sounds pretty reasonable. And Adam knew it ahead of time. Adam talked to Frank before he went out on his journey. And I told him, shared with him my A-game. But things didn't come together quite as smoothly for Adam. Adam learned a lot from this first run. And as much as he was eager to end it, he's not quite done yet. So the next thing I'm about to discuss is pretty funny and also a little nonsensical, but nonetheless, it's the truth. And that is that I am going to make a second attempt at the Guinness World Record for the fastest crossing of the USA on foot. Adam hasn't nailed down a date yet. But there's another secret of Frank's record-breaking journey that I should share. It was actually his second attempt. This episode was produced by me, Rachel Swaby. Audrey Quinn edited the episode. Additional production help from Mervyn Deganos. Our theme music is by Danny Koch. David Willey is the editor-in-chief of Runner's World and the editor-in-chief of this podcast. Human Race is a proud member of Panoply. We'll see you next week. <laughs>